0: This video is sponsored by The Great Courses Plus, a subscription on-demand video learning service where you can enjoy lectures from the very best professors from all over the world. More on that at the end of the video. At the tail end of the 11th century, a colossal army of Western Europeans launched a blitzkrieg offensive across Asia Minor. Reclaiming towns in the name of Christendom and defeating every Turkish army sent out against them. By 1100, this first crusade saw the rise of three brand new political entities in the Holy Land, centred on the largest settlements conquered, the Principality of Antioch, the County of Edessa, and the Kingdom of Jerusalem. A fourth would follow in 1109, in the form of the County of Tripoli. Yet, all was not well in the new Christian countries of the East. Within just a few months of the successful conquest of Jerusalem, vast swathes of crusaders returned back to their estates in Europe. Their vows fulfilled, leaving a skeleton defence force of elite European knights and men-at-arms to cling on to the newly won lands. utilising the vast wealth of their new territories to recruit Turcopole mercenaries, and their renown to persuade Armenians and Syrians to fight on their behalf. The first blow to the Crusader states came in 1100, when Godfrey of Bouillon, the hero of the Crusade and first monarch of the Kingdom of Jerusalem, died, plunging the Levant into political chaos. Just months later, the mighty Norman adventurer Bohemund of Taranto was captured in battle by the Danish men's Turks of Anatolia, after leading a daring sortie into the northern marches of Antioch, with just a handful of knights. He spent the next three years languishing in a Turkish dungeon. In the meantime, a new power arose in Jerusalem, in the form of Godfrey's brother, Baldwin previously the Count of Edessa, and now the newly proclaimed King of Jerusalem. Upon Bohemond's eventual ransom in 1103, almost immediately, he sought to remake his name by launching a massive military venture in conjunction with Edessa. The new Count of Edessa, Baldwin II, joined him, and in 1104, their combined forces rode out towards Edessa's neighbour the strategically important city of Haran, at the time, ruled over by an amalgamation of Arab and Turkish emirs. The latter, like the Europeans, themselves being fairly recent arrivals in the region. The Frankish army was massive, numbering potentially some 3,000 mounted knights, and many thousands of foot soldiers. Armenian archers, and mounted turcopole mercenaries. Many of the soldiers would have been hardened veterans, some no doubt having accompanied their liege lords the thousands of miles from northern Europe, to make their fortunes in the east, and as they saw it, to defend Christendom against the heathens. But, of course, the myriad patchwork of Turkic warlords who ruled over Syria and Anatolia had other ideas. A new power had arisen in Mosul since the death of the great August Turk warlord Kerberger in 1102. His former right-hand man, Jakirmish. Not only did Jakirmish now command the armies of Kerberger, but he also made alliances with the other Turkmen clans of the region fierce nomadic warriors who had been supplanted from Central Asia into the grasslands between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, by the ascendancy of the Seljuk Turks. These warriors, many of them only nominally Muslim in religion, still retaining much of their steppe culture and animist beliefs, rode under the banners of the Sons of Artuk, a great Turkmen general who had fought under the Sultan Alp Arslan at Manzikert. ...and then his successor, Malik Shah. Jakirmish managed to gain the allegiance of one of these powerful heirs, Sokman... ...currently engaged in a feud with his brother and major rival, Il The Turkish army, roused up by the allure of plunder, attacked quickly. Jakirmish couldn't afford to wait harassing the Frankish force and taking its leaders by surprise. After a number of preliminary skirmishes, the Turks turned to flee. The Franks, at this stage completely undefeated since they had left Europe back in 1095, and enjoying a reputation for invincibility after their recent stunning victories, pursued the Turks back towards the Euphrates. The engagement was long and chaotic. And finally, at a minor tributary of the Euphrates River between the towns of Haran and Raqqa, the Turks turned back in a coordinated move to engage the now spread out and isolated Frankish forces. Realising the potential calamity of what was about to occur, Bohemond and the Knights of Antioch pulled out of the engagement, retaining much of their forces intact. For the Knights of Edessa, however the situation was different. Not only was the entire army decimated by the Turkmen, but the two most prominent nobles in the county and its most rigorous defenders, Count Baldwin II and the future Count Jocelyn of Courtenay, were captured. Like Bohemond before them, they had a great deal of time to think about Haran. ...spending more than two years languishing in a Turkish dungeon. The rank-and-file soldiers weren't so lucky. The able-bodied either being killed or sold into slavery... ...whereas the wounded were beaten to death with sticks... ...in a steppe tradition dating back millennia. The Battle of Haran, though relatively unknown ranks up there with the Field of Blood and the Horns of Hattin, as one of the worst defeats in the history of the Crusader states. For the prominent Frankish historian William of Tyre, writing some 60 years later from the relative safety of the Kingdom of Jerusalem, there was no battle more disastrous than the defeat at Haran. Having suffered the loss of practically its entire military corps so early in its history, the county of Edessa was reduced for the next 40 years to little more than client status to the now far more powerful Antioch to its west, and the rising power of Jerusalem to the south, both of which would maintain strong armies until their own defeats at the Field of Blood in 1119 and at Hattin in 1187. Rather than being able to engage its Arab and Turkic neighbours, Edessa was now very much on the defensive. Yet the architect of that great battle, Jakirmish, is almost unheard of today. Just two years later, he was dead, replaced in Mosul by yet another Turkic warlord, Jawali, who had been ordered by the Sultan to take the fight to the Franks. It would be another 20 years before a great ruler would arise to unify Syria into a political whole. Little did anyone realise it at the time, but he just so happened to be another of the warlords that was present at the Battle of Haram, Jakirmish's adopted son, formerly the Ward of Kerbogah. His name was Imad Ad-Din Zengi. Ilghazi, Zokmen, Jakirmish, and Kerboga had all been Turkish warlords preoccupied with their own regional authority. Zengi was different. The son of the murdered Turkmen commander Akson Kor, and largely a self-made man as a result of it, he was arguably the first real Turkish proponent of holy war, and certainly the first to use it for political ends against the Crusaders tendency that would be continued by his son, Nur ad-Din, and finally, his lieutenant, the Kurdish general, Salah ad-Din Yusuf ibn Ayyub, better known to history as Saladin. If you want to hear more first-hand accounts from this period, both from Arabic and Frankish historians, don't forget to subscribe to our second channel, Voices of the Past, for much much more. This brings us back to the young son of Aksonkor, Zengi. He had probably been born in around 1085, and thus watched the unfolding events of the First Crusade from the sideline, unable to act. It remains unclear whether he was present during his foster father's campaign to Antioch, when he attempted to throw the Crusaders back in 1098, but it remains possible. In 1106, once again, his life would be thrown into turmoil by the death of Jakirmish. and at around 21 years old, he'd now be forced to fend for himself, a proviso that he'd utilise for the rest of his life by 1108, not only had Jerusalem fallen to the Crusaders, but also the important regional cities of Edessa, Tripoli and Antioch, all of which became the centres for newly established Catholic polities in the region, complete with their own kings, princes and lords. Besides the Battle of Haran, the First Crusade itself, and the early years of the Crusader States, could not have gone more smoothly for the newcomers. Never again, over the several hundred years of crusading that followed, would they enjoy so much success. The First Crusade being by far the most successful of all that followed. After Kerbogar's death in around 1102, Mosul remained a nominally independent power under a series of Turkic warlords and generals, most seeming to pledge their overall allegiance to the two sons of Malik Shah, now fighting over the Sultanate over in Persia. As Jerusalem, Antioch, Tripoli and Edessa all exercised their military muscle during the first few years of their existence, Atabegs in Mosul, such as Maudud ibn Altantash, attempted to organise a series of military expeditions aimed at reconquering lands from the Crusaders, though the enmity felt between the Seljuk successor states was so great that these campaigns rarely succeeded. Maudud was an officer of the Sultan, who had been sent to recover Mosul from the rebel Atabeg Jawali. After his conquest of the city, the Sultan entrusted him with several ultimately unsuccessful military ventures to push back the Crusaders from the nearby Principality of Antioch and County of Edessa. In 1110, Maudud joined forces with Il Ghazi the new head of the Artukid dynasty after the death of his brother Sokman, They began by besieging Edessa from April of that year, but Baldwin I of Jerusalem intervened, forcing Maudud into retreat. It was whilst in Damascus as a guest of that city's new emir, Togetkin, that Maudud was assassinated by the secretive sect of Shiite assassins known as the Hashashin. Tugetkin had been a junior officer to Tutush, and after civil war erupted upon his commander's death, he supported his son Dukak. Upon Dukak's death in 1104, Togetkin became the new de facto ruler of the city. In order to secure his independence, Tugetkin had set a new precedent for the future by opting to ally himself with the Kingdom of Jerusalem against Seljuk generals, such as Aksankor Busaki, who had been sent by the Sultan to fight the Crusaders, and to regain control over the Turkic warlords of Syria. Scores of other Muslim powers and individual mercenaries would follow suit over the coming decades, aligning themselves with the Crusaders, rather than the larger Muslim powers of the region. More often than not, in order to stake their own claims to independence. All this was about to change. And soon. In the late 1120s, seemingly out of nowhere, Zengi returns like a thunderbolt to the history books, to usher in the next era in the history of the Crusades. The Islamic fight back, was about to begin. After years of military service in the armies of Kerberger Jakirmish and potentially his successors, during which time he developed a brutal and ferocious reputation, Zengi finally became the new Atabeg of Mosul in 1127 invested in his position by the new Seljuk Sultan over in Persia, Mehmed II, who was a grandson of Malik Shah. Zengi gained his new position in return for military aid against Mehmed's rival, the Abbasid Caliph, Al-Mastarshid. Presumably, Zengi had developed a force of warriors over the years, and he used this force to gain influence with the Sultan. Following the death of Tegetkin, the Atabeg of Damascus in 1128, a power vacuum in the city had threatened to open up Syria to renewed aggression from the Crusader states. The King of Jerusalem at the time, Baldwin II, had adopted an expansionist policy towards Damascus, and Zengi was able to use this justification to extend his influence across northern Syria to his home city of Aleppo. In 1128, After more than two decades of struggle, Zengi finally came into possession of his home city, once ruled over by his father, again being legitimised in his position by the Sultan. But, of course, he didn't stop there. Zengi's mission came to be one of ruthless expansion, seeing unity forged through pure might as the only effective strategy against the Crusaders, whom he had probably already been fighting for decades. Already well into his 30s by this time, and a hardened veteran warrior, Zengi immediately set about an aggressively expansionist policy, seeing unity through ruthlessness as the only way to unify the Islamic world against the growing power of the Crusaders. A major focal point of his aggression was Damascus, the site of his father's death and a power which on occasion had allied itself with the Kingdom of Jerusalem in order to thwart attempts by its Muslim neighbours to annex the city. Writing around a century later, the Arab historian Ibn al-Adim has the following to say about Zengi. The Atabeg was violent, powerful, awe-inspiring and liable to attack suddenly. When he rode The troops used to walk behind him as if they were between two threads out of fear they would trample over crops, and nobody out of fear dared to trample on a single stem, nor march his horse on them. If anyone transgressed, he was crucified. He used to say, it does not happen that there is more than one tyrant at one time. If you want to hear more historical sources regarding Zengi, and the entire medieval period, you can do so here, and consider subscribing to my second channel, Voices of the Past, for much, much more. In 1130, Zengi allied himself with the new Atabeg of Damascus, against the Crusaders. Though ultimately, this turned out to be a ruse, Shortly afterwards, Zengi having Buri's son taken prisoner, and extorted for territorial gains. Soon enough, especially after the death of the Sultan in 1131, Zengi would break away from the Seljuk Sultanate and Abbasid Caliphate completely, following the example of numerous other successor states, in paying little more than lip service to the Sultan and the Abbasid Caliph in Baghdad who now exerted only marginal amounts of secular political power, much like the popes in Europe. In 1134, Zengi became involved in the affairs of one of the Seljuk successor states in Syria, the Artikids of eastern Anatolia, allying himself with the son of Ilghazi, ghazi Timotash, against Timotash's cousin, Daoud. Zengi's real desires, however, lay to the south in Damascus. prize he had long sought after for his entire career, regularly besieging it during the violent back-and-forth conflicts of the 1130s. By the late 1130s, however, Damascus had become a firm ally of the Kingdom of Jerusalem. Now a rich and powerful state, with a large, highly trained military, and a vigorous king upon the throne, in the form of folk of Anjou, who had taken the cross and relocated to the Holy Land in the early 1130s. In 1139, Zengi attacked Damascus's fortress at Baalbek, obtaining its surrender in response to a promise of safe passage. He did not honour it, granting the territory to his lieutenant Ayyub, himself a relatively obscure figure, but one who would later give name to a famous dynasty. He was the father of Salah Adin a future great leader and unifier of the Islamic world. Better known to history as Saladin. By the late 1130s, just as he set about besieging Damascus, Zengi was forced to mobilise his forces against a Byzantine army sent against him by the Emperor John Comnenus, who had recently brought the Crusader Principality of Antioch under his control. Facing a combined threat from the Byzantines and the Crusaders, Zengi was able to muster additional support from some of the surrounding Muslim states, and eventually, after a brutal struggle, succeeded in pushing the Byzantines back. Though Zengi was an August Turk, his army was now multi-ethnic, containing many settled elements as well as nomadic. By 1144... Turning away from his main goal of Damascus, Zengi instead decided to attack the weakest, most remote, and least Latinized of all of the Crusader states. The County of Edessa Edessa was the first of the Crusader states to be established, during and after the First Crusade. Dating from 1098, when Baldwin of Bologna, later King Baldwin I of Jerusalem left the main army of the First Crusade to seize friendly territories for the Crusaders. Edessa was the most northerly, the weakest, and the least populated of the Crusader states. As a result, it was subject to frequent attacks from the surrounding Muslim powers, such as the Danish Danishmends, and other Seljuk successor states. A number of setbacks had besmirched the early history of the county. First of these was the Battle of Haran in 1104, where Baldwin II and the future Count Jocelyn of Courtenay were both taken captive. Jocelyn was captured a second time in 1122, and despite valiant efforts, upon his release saw ever-larger swathes of territory lost to the Turks. In 1131, he was finally killed in battle. By the late 1130s, his successor, Jocelyn II, had been forced into an alliance with the Byzantine Empire, ever seeking to reforge its once-held supremacy over the region. By 1143, however, both the Byzantine Emperor John Comnenus and the king of Jerusalem, folk of Anjou, arguably the two most powerful rulers of the region, died, leaving Zengi with the breathing room that he needed to launch a definitive invasion of the county of Edessa. John Comnenus was succeeded by his son, Manuel, an equally competent emperor, but one who at first had to deal with consolidating power at home against his elder brothers. In Jerusalem, the situation was different. Folk was succeeded by his wife, Melisande, and his son, Baldwin III, though political strife between court factions now threatened to tear the kingdom asunder. Count Jocelyn of Edessa had also quarrelled with Raymond of Tripoli and Raymond of Antioch throughout his reign, leaving his county with no powerful allies. In 1144 the end would finally come for the unfortunate and short-lived county. And unlike his predecessors, who tended to capture high-ranking Frankish noblemen for ransom, Zengi would offer no such chivalrous acts to the inhabitants of the city. Upon his arrival, realising that there was practically no army defending the city, Zengi, taking no chances, built great siege engines and began to mine the colossal city walls, whilst his forces were joined by Kurdish in Turkoman reinforcements. The defenders of Odessa resisted as much as they could, but they had no experience in siege warfare, meaning the city's great towers remained unmanned. They also had no knowledge of countermining, and parts of the walls near the Gate of the Hours collapsed on December 24th. Zengi's troops rushed into the city immediately, killing all those who were unable to flee to the citadel. Thousands more were suffocated or trampled to death in the panic, including the Catholic Archbishop of the city, Hugh, and the famous Armenian historian, Matthew of Edessa, Zengi eventually ordered his men to halt the massacre, although in a statement of future intent, all of the Latin prisoners that he had taken, noblemen and commoner alike, were executed there and then. The native Eastern Christians were allowed to live freely and remain in the city. Two days later, on December 26th, the citadel was handed over and one of Zengi's commanders was appointed governor. Whilst one of the city's Armenian bishops, Basil, was recognised as leader of the Christian population. After an existence of 46 years, the county of Odessa was no more. It was the first Crusader state to fall, and because of this, practically overnight, Zengi became a legend in the Islamic world. A legend that would only grow as the years went by, being utilised by his successors as a powerful tool and rallying point against the Crusaders. Zengi pressed his attack of Edessa in early 1145, capturing Saruj and besieging the town of Birajith. By the end of January, however, the army of Jerusalem finally arrived, joining up with Jocelyn. Zengi also heard of trouble back in Mosul, and was forced back to take control. After regaining order, he began to be praised throughout the Islamic world as defender of the faith and al-Malik al-Mansur, the victorious king. For the time being, he did not pursue an attack on the remaining territory of Edessa or the Principality of Antioch, as was feared. Jocelyn II continued to rule over the remnants of his county, from Turbacel for the time being, to the west of the Euphrates. But little by little, the rest of the territory continued to be captured by groups of Muslims, or sold to the Byzantines. Just like the Byzantine call for aid against the Seljuk Turks had been the catalyst for the First Crusade, the fall of Edessa was the catalyst for the Second. Unlike the First Crusade, which had been led by princes, the Second was led by kings. Yet, no king could save this crusade from disaster. After a disastrous trek across Asia Minor... the surviving remains of the huge military venture finally reached the holy land internal disputes and a lack of discipline ultimately led them to attack the city of damascus rather than zengid territory damascus was then supposedly a friendly city and the crusaders ultimately failed in capturing it losing a valuable ally in the process the second crusade only succeeded in drastically increasing Islamic resentment towards Europeans, especially after their treacherous attack on a supposedly allied state. By the time the Second Crusade had reached the Holy Land, however, Zengi was already dead, murdered by one of his slaves in 1146. For the time being, it looked as if his legacy might die with him. In Mosul, he was succeeded by his eldest son. And in Aleppo, he was succeeded by his second son, by the name of Noor ad-Din. Ultimately, it would be Nur ad-Din who would continue to carry the torch of his father, eventually going on to become the second great leader of the Islamic world during the Crusading era, and an even more successful ruler than his father, unifying Syria and Mesopotamia under the Zengid dynasty, ...and laying the foundations for the next great ruler of the Islamic world. One of his foremost generals, Salah Adin. The successes of Saladin towards the end of the 12th century... ...were only possible because of these two Zengid rulers... ...whose legacy he built upon to finally recapture Jerusalem in 1187... And bring the Shi'ite Fatimid dynasty of Egypt to an end. Founding a new dynasty in the process, the Ayyubids. This video was sponsored by The Great Courses Plus. This is, quite simply, one of the greatest learning resources in the world. More than 11,000 lectures on practically any subject you can think of by the leading experts in the world. You can access all of it seamlessly on your phone, your computer, and your tablet. Over the last year, The Great Courses Plus has become one of my go-to sources for information. It's incredible. One course in particular that I've absolutely loved is The Barbarian Empires of the Steppes by Professor Kenneth Hale. This course was integral to not only this video, but my entire series on the Seljuk Turks. He also has a phenomenal 36-part series on the Vikings. Whether you're an expert brushing up on your existing knowledge, or a beginner seeking to delve into the medieval world, these courses are for you. You can help me out and get yourself some amazing free knowledge by signing up today to a free trial of The Great Courses Plus. By clicking on the link in the description below, or by going to the greatcoursesplus.com forward slash history time.